0: Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories stories to Tell tell in the Pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, scary things that you tell us about. It's a time that you smelled a perfume in a place that perfume shouldn't have been smelled. It is a time (laughs) that a dog farted and was scared of the fart. It is a thing you deeply believed about the opposite gender your whole life. And then you found out... (laughs) That gender is a lie. Wow.
1: Wow. Brave.
0: Brave. Um, basically, long story short, Andrew and I are good friends and we do comedy and we're very chatty people who are friends with each other and we use a podcast <laughs> to catch up. And we also love
1: ghosts. We read scary stories. We tell urban legends. um, We talk about things that you sent us to tell us about that are scary. Also, this is the first time we're doing an episode in a little while. So as you can tell, I'm still figuring out how words function in my mouth.
0: I've never said a sentence before.
1: (laughs) You know, when you're like, how does my tongue mash up against my teeth and voice box to make the sounds and thoughts come out?
0: Oh God, don't go there, girl. I am not ready for this. Do not do this to me. No, no. I mean, this will be coming
1: to you all after American Thanksgiving. um, But I hope everyone's doing safe. I hope everyone figured out a nice way to have Thanksgiving at their homes and to Zoom and FaceTime friends and loved ones. Um, Yeah, we know it's hard and we're here to be a little silly for a bit with you.
0: Keep it small. Keep it safe. Disappoint someone this Thanksgiving.
1: Um, (laughs) Wow. You know, and that's the thing. That's why Thanksgiving doesn't have to change. You can disappoint someone without even seeing them this year.
0: You can do it over Zoom. It is easy. Believe me, I have done it. To disappoint someone who's not even in the same room with you, it's a dream.
1: To disappoint someone and you don't even have to wear a belt? You know, it's like, (laughs) come on.
0: Mazel. Uh, That is true. Men have to wear belts, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's not. I mean, sometimes you get to like you have sort of a casual, fun family, and it's like we're doing Untucked this year, you know. But eh, usually, (laughs) when you're an in law, at a (laughs) we're doing Untucked, but but often I feel, especially in the earlier days of like when you're a relatively new in law. You got to tuck it in or else an uncle's going to be like, well, I guess we're all just having a sleepover. And it's like, I just oh don't want to invite God. that. You know?
0: I Things I've never had to think about. You know, That's I've had to true. think about, like, can my uncle see my bra through my shirt? <laughs> and I'm not talking about visual. I am talking about uh, the the texture of it. Look, guys, it's ghost time. OK, we're getting into it. Yep. That was only four and a half minutes of whatever. Okay? I think that was pretty good. I think it was pretty good too. And I think we should celebrate the small victories. <laughs> um and today, um, it's a Monday. It sure is. So on this particular Monday, we, as an I, am going to be reading you a story from the scary stories to tell in the dark books. <gasps> That's right. We're going back to our roots. We're going back to our heritage. Let's go um, there. This one is from the second story book collection, which is called scary stories. Uh, oh, sorry. It's mm. called more scary stories. To Tell in the dark. Okay. Yep. Um, And it's, this story is a scary one that I forgot about. <gasps> and it is in the section called the last laugh, which is all supposedly funny stories, but all of the stories, all of the second books, like funny, scary stories to me are actually deeply dark and, and like scary, and sort of, um, I don't, I'm scared of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> do you know I'm what I mean forward? when
0: I say I'm scared of something? Um,
1: <laughs> what if I didn't? What if I didn't understand normal emotional responses to human beings?
0: Do people know what this is? Have you heard of this? We're this? <laughs> we this. We um, love this. And this story is called The Brown Suit. Oh, perfect. And maybe we'll try reading through the whole thing and then we can sort of go back paragraph by paragraph and talk about it. Just I like this ex- new. With
1: it. I like this a lot, Anna.
0: Okay, cool. A woman came to the funeral parlor to see her husband's corpse. You did a good job, she said to the undertaker. He looks just the way he always looked, except for one thing my husband always wore a brown suit, but you have him dressed in a blue suit. That is no problem, said the undertaker. We can easily change it. When she returned later, her husband was wearing a brown suit. Now he looks just the way he always did, she said. I know you went to a lot of trouble. It was no trouble, he said. As it happened, there is a man here who was wearing a brown suit, and his widow felt that blue would be better— he is about your husband's size, so we gave him the blue one and gave your husband the brown one. Even so, she said, changing all that clothing was a big job. Not really, said the undertaker. All we did was exchange their heads. Ew. The <laughs> and this is... Andrew Farmer. What... The fudge.
1: He the said fudge. he said to borrow a term that the young people use, he said the quiet part loud.
0: He like that's the quiet part out loud. So, yeah. Yeah, like she already said thank you for that, and it sounds like it was really hard. Like that's I think she was hitting on him, to be honest.
1: <laughs> I mean, certainly with that read, Anna, you were you were delivering a very Christine Baransky sort of vibe, which I liked.
0: Yeah. Thank you. I she's my inspiration in a lot of things. Um <laughs> There's a lot going on here. First of all, um, a lot of the times in the Scary Stories books, um, a character will have a first name and a last name right out of mm-hmm. the gate. And this woman is just named a woman. Yes. Um, and I do believe that if this were a man's story, his name would be John Brown. But she gets Holy to just be a John woman. Brown. Yeah. Um, Which this, this story is kind of funny. It's like, oh, all men kind of look the same is like a funny <laughs> thing to think.
1: Yeah, all this, men's this bodies a story. come in one size.
0: Yeah, he would be like, those aren't her boobs. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> this is a story about medium privilege. I feel like both these men were like solid mediums. Oh my and, God, medium
1: privilege, a.k.a. the Uniqlo experience. Like, let's just talk uh, about it.
0: And that is a slim medium, unless it's a giant medium. There's that really, is
1: the thing. Anyway, but you're right, medium no privilege is huge. Um yeah, the concept uh, of going anywhere and getting a suit that just fits is so foreign to me.
0: I know. An off-the-rack suit. Like, I do wish, I think if there was a service where if you had to wear any kind of formal wear, which to me formal wear is anything with a button, mm-hmm. um, that you could just put your head on someone else's body. <laughs> that would be so much easier than getting dressed. We've
1: all done it in our heads, you know?
0: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. Oh my God. Um, also like, I remember reading these books and anytime they would say the word corpse Mm. to me, just registered as very like mature and merciless. And like, that's all you are anyway, is a corpse. Um, like it, it just spooked me.
1: I agree. I think as soon as you brought this up, I was realizing as a kid that when I heard corpse, I imagined that it had the like texture and feel of a carrot. I don't know why. It, that's just where my <laughs> head
0: I think it's because of Stephen Gamel's Garimel, illustrations. Oh, you're right. The roots. It's all roots. very charity. You're right. A, lot of a roots. Um, which, let's talk about the Stephen Gamble of it all. Um, it is, it's a thick boy. This is a thick medium, if he's a medium. Oh, yeah. um, it's a very rumpled suit, sort of looks like a, a door-to-door salesman. He's got a dark tie with diagonal light stripes, and it's on a hanger. On the top. And then the suit is filled out like someone's wearing it. And there yes. are two little corpse hands and two little corpse shoes coming out of the, the sleeve. And what do you call a pant sleeve? A leg?
1: Um, There's yeah, legs le- in
0: the legs. Yeah. We need a different word for a, a, a pant sleeve. A, a leave?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, so. I think the Brits would, would say pant. Like... My one pant. Is that true? Way in. Brits. I know that
0: they say pants is underwear.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. And that's why they giggle when we say pants.
1: Wow. the Across the pond is a wonder to me.
0: They say trousers. You're and right. And they also enough. say uh, the government pays for my um, health insurance. Everything's
1: okay. <laughs> We're like, we get it. Okay. That's fine. Um, I agree Anna with the thickness of this man. Uh this man I would I would wager to say is uh what we call in the industry pear-shaped.
0: Yeah, he's got a bottom, which is nice. He's got a bottom, yeah. I love um, when men have bottoms. Yeah,
1: there's I, I think this is fairly common amongst um pasty white people of Irish descent, like I am to have to be a man who has childbearing hips, it's very confusing.
0: <laughs> it's good. It Just in case. You can help, you know, yeah. <laughs> you can hold a fat dog on your lap.
1: That is very true. No dog is going to slip off my lap.
0: No, no, no. Um, and he's got just the top button buttoned and the bottom button is unbuttoned, which I, I am to understand is very chic.
1: Yes, you're not supposed to do both buttons, I've heard many a time.
0: Yeah, which made Jason crazy when we were watching Queen's Gambit because they had all their buttons buttoned. Oh, anyway. yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. Queen's Gambit is a ghost story. We'll talk about that another time. But um, (laughs) So, okay. She comes to the funeral parlor. She sees her husband's corpse, which like, I I think this is also where I learned as a child reading these books in the 90s. Like, oh, I guess when you, a funeral parlor, like you give them the body and then you go away and they do stuff to it and then you come back. Yeah. It seemed crazy to me because it was like, oh, don't you just want to go and be with it? That's
1: know. true. Yeah, the concept, I mean, it's scary as a child to confront the um, rigmarole and day-to-day red tape of, of uh, dealing with a dead loved one.
0: Yeah, it just seemed weird. Like, oh, you can just, that seems like leaving your baby at the mall. Like, you just leave your... <laughs> hey, can you dress my somewhere. baby? I'll, I'll be back. Hey, I can, if the outfit is wrong, just switch heads. It's fine. Every baby's the same.
1: <laughs> I'll be at Stake Escape and you can just dress my baby.
0: Andrew, what is Steak Escape?
1: Oh, you didn't know. Steak Escape, I've only, I actually have never been to a Steak Escape, but I have seen a Steak Escape before.
0: I think it's, um... Can you please stop saying Steak Escape? I'm starting to panic.
1: (laughs) I'm going to look up what happened at the the meat getaway, which I'll just say instead. Thank you. Is it a restaurant? It is like, um, at a food court in a mall, um... It it was like a sandwich spot. You could get like I think it was sort of like Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, sort of things. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, they they've definitely updated as I'm looking at their website now. Their motto, I I hate to say, is "Eat Proud," which I don't love.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so she goes there, and she says she he did a good job. Um, which, like, I feel like if he's wearing the wrong suit, it, it's like on you. Like, aren't you supposed to bring the outfit? That was a big thought I had too.
1: I, I, in olden times, could you just bring, did they like have clothes on hand to dress your, to dress a dead body?
0: Maybe it's like doing background work where like you bring your clothes, but they have clothes because they just expect your clothes to be bad. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. I don't know. Um, so, well, that's a question that we that won't be answered here. Let me look it up. Actually, I am.
1: I'm very intrigued by the clothes hanger head of this illustration. Oh my uh, god!
0: As I'm like uh, googling, does Undertaker uh, says still wrestle? Have a son? Have a brother? Have a dancer? Have a twin brother? <laughs> oh. Like Brock Lesnar? Like CM Punk?
1: Yeah, the does rest Undertaker the world, pick. Clothes? They remain powerful, and I respect their. Um, Longitude as a fandom.
0: Another question is how do you dress like The Undertaker?
1: It makes sense to me that you would bring the clothes and they would put the clothes on.
0: Um, okay, so you can't cremate leather or glasses. You
1: can't cremate leather? I guess it just won't break down. It lasts too long, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, wow.
0: She she burn up.
1: No wonder cows are so resilient. That's why you can't kill cows. That's why, famously, (laughs) you can't kill cows. That's why steak escape costs $5,000 for a sandwich.
0: That's why you have to escape because it's illegal to do it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so The Undertaker is a classic people pleaser, right? He says, like, it's not a problem. We can easily change it. Right. Here's my big thing with this story. And I know you're about to say something else about the illustration. We will get to it. Mm -hmm. My main thing changing the head is not easier than changing a suit I'm sorry but it's not I guess it comes down to tools you're gonna cut a head off I it's funny I I watch um I watch YouTube sometimes okay I'm like a baby oh, wow. I watch YouTube <laughs> I know I I get it we get it in our house and um I follow uh Caitlin Doty who uh has a She's like a cool mortician who has like cool bangs and she's like oh, she does yeah. green funerals and is like, hey, you're allowed to like, you know, be more involved in uh you don't like have to get embalmed if you don't want to. It's it's cool. She's like, you can That's be a nice. tree. She doesn't say that. It's not what she says. I'm being disrespectful. But she has <laughs> like death education as her thing about making people less afraid of this kind of stuff. Hmm. Um and like having people make have like a bigger hand and making these choices. Um, but she just did a a Video a couple of weeks ago about um, people a question that she gets a lot that she doesn't want to answer and one of them was uh am I allowed to ask for my father's skull uh oh, for my mantelpiece or something
1: no like
0: yes people will ask can I have their head and can they will the funeral director reduce it down to a skull if I ask them to aye, aye, aye. <laughs> which I cannot imagine asking that once but. No, um, I can't. I wouldn't ask someone to change seats with me on an
1: airplane. I'm not going to ask for my my dad's skull.
0: <laughs> I feel bad uh, asking my dog to not, um, you know, be in the house. I don't know that <laughs> she would never do that. I don't know why I said that. I mischaracterized a lot just now, but she was talking about how like there are all these rules about. Um, Uh, abuse of a corpse like it's state by state there's like pretty strict rules about that that like even if it doesn't clearly say that like no funeral director would cut a head off for you because they (laughs) didn't want to let leave them they don't want to advertise that service and then like go to jail forever but then she also (laughs) said like we don't keep hacksaws around like we don't we're not in the process of like removing heads right she was like that's not something you're trained to do as a funeral director is like how to cut a head off no. Um, and also like it would be a big mess and you wouldn't be able to use either suit.
1: Right. I mean, cause even if the, even if the body's dead, I'm not going to get into the gore of it all, but like, yeah. yeah, I hadn't really thought through that. I think we have a, we have a drastic, we underestimate how difficult it would be to cut off someone's head. That's hard to do.
0: It too much work, too much work
1: too much work it's a mess i mean think of it this way big strong executioners in middle ages had a massive axe that they could like take and even they would struggle sometimes you know like you're gonna do it with a you know a bread knife i don't think so
0: i don't think so buddy yeah so this guy (laughs) i just don't trust him so this this is her video is um can i keep my parents skulls and tattoos from two months ago on um uh, ask a mortician. Tattoos? Uh,
1: you want to. You're talking about
0: skin that you're not. That, gonna that dry. is the thing that is possible, unfortunately. <sighs> I'm sorry. I didn't invent this, Andrew. I'm just. You begged me to tell you about it. I did. I begged. So that's something that feels relevant to the story that, like, it is <laughs> not easier to cut a head off than to change a suit, which it is. I've also learned from her channel, it is extremely difficult to put clothes on someone who's dead because oh their God, body is really stiff and also they're like she was like i don't know if you've ever tried to dress a passed out drunk person before but <laughs> it's really hard and you no. need another person and this guy this undertaker from this story seems like a one-man operation he doesn't seem like a uh he's yeah. surrounded by a group of friends
1: this isn't even a like mom he, and pop shop this is a pop shop
0: Yes, he doesn't know to not tell her what he did. She never would have known. This man is not socially adept. Um, he doesn't have a friend who can help him.
1: Yeah, that's very true. It definitely feels like he he's the only option in town.
0: It also like if your husband only ever wears one color suit, like that also yeah. explains to me why this woman doesn't seem that sad. I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> he that seems I- like he was holding her back.
1: Let's talk about her blazeness. I mean, in one in one instance, it's kind of impressive to see, like, yeah, the 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 reality that it's not all in the movies where it's like you have a handkerchief to your eyes at all times. Um, yeah. But she but first of all to request the suit change, like that's reasonable, but then just being then pressing the issue by being like, no, it really is very impressive that you did this. At a certain point it feels like you you want to feel like someone did something for you. Like suddenly this is becoming about you and not about you complimenting the undertaker.
0: Yeah, this is about you wanting to see that you're the kind of person who can get someone to do something for you. Right. Which is important.
1: And hey, in this time period, in this in the uh, Alvin Schwartz universe, which takes place as we know between the 1700s and the 1950s, um, <laughs> I mean, get what you can get. We have a, there are a lot of widows in these in these stories, and this is a widow who feels a little bit more um, the master of her own domain. You know,
0: yeah, she's she's been waiting for this. Um, she's gonna go out. she's gonna experiment with coral colored lipstick. She's gonna <laughs> start drinking gin martinis. Um,
1: yeah, she's gonna she's on she's, a journey. She's gonna buy a mango for the first time. <laughs> she granted she's gonna cut it wrong oh and injure, injure herself terribly.
0: The knife's gonna slip. it'll be a whole thing. but <laughs> you know um it's all experience. everything's good. That's true. That's true. Um, Andrew, what's scary to you about this story? Well, what's scary to me
1: is um, indignity after death. Like that's scary. You know, Um, like being treated like meat after death. Um, And also, I guess, I mean, just dealing with the reality of someone having to put clothes on my body after I die. (laughs) Like, I don't love that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Anna? Yeah. What's scary about it to you?
0: Um, definitely that. Um, the idea that this man wouldn't know to not say that scares me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have a brother who doesn't know not to say things sometimes, so I've been embarrassed since the day I was born on his behalf, and I think that's that's really part of it for me. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, Chris once said. Um, that he's afraid of he's afraid of like balloons for the same reason he's afraid of unpredictable people which is like when you don't know what's going to happen next like that's scary it's like the same reason
0: oh yeah um <laughs> the story this is the balloons of scary stories for sure <laughs> very much so um speaking of what happens next i i like to imagine what she says after he says this which is probably what what did you just say to me? I'm sorry. What did you just? say <laughs>
1: I, to think what I would do in that situation. I why? think. I think I would. My typical response in when someone behaves in a way that I'm like, why would you ever do that? Is I'm like, I must be. I must have done something wrong. Where I think I would be like, oh, and I'd walk away, being like, that's not. Did I tell him to switch heads? Maybe I told them to switch heads.
0: I would tell him he was completely right and then go to my friend and be like, I have been abused today. (laughs) Just zero spine in any situation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is true. I I think you and I have this in common that like the moment that we are the moment that something strikes us wrong and we speak up, it always is like, oh God, actually I'm wrong. Like.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I need a year and a half and a lot of therapy in order to speak up about one thing that went wrong. And I assume that everyone else around me also has to go through that process. So that when they do say something, I'm like, Oh, my God, I must be a monster. When in reality, like not everybody is as brain sick as I am. Yeah,
1: one time I when um, when Ebola was the big scare. Uh, several years ago, I made a very tepid joke about the doctor who got it and came back to New York and went bowling, like nothing offensive, but I made a joke. And I, then I had a moment of like, Oh gosh, like he's a real person. I wonder what the odds are that I'm Facebook friends with someone who knows him. And I was like, the odds are so small. Then minutes later, Anna, my cousin reaches out and is like, Hey, that's one of my best friends from high school. Like, <gasps> would you mind? And I was like, well, Andrew. and that's why you don't make fun of people with Ebola. Everybody.
0: I remember it. this. I remember that. Oh my god! I felt
1: horrible. I still haven't
0: recovered. Honestly, it's worse to be you in that situation than to be the person with Ebola for sure.
1: I mean, he got better. You know, I'm still yeah, suffering.
0: Yeah. You're you'll never recover.
1: <laughs> I know this very oh brave god. man who went to go help people suffering, and then I'm a 24 year old idiot who does jokes with and Twitter. Bas- yeah, with a Twitter.
0: Oh my god! Hell on earth. Truly, Um, Andrew. Who would you cast as the woman?
1: Well, I mean, frankly, it's tight between Christine Baranski and just you, because I think that <gasps> that rendition was very beautifully done.
0: Stop it! I think Thank you edge her out. I think you edge out. I think because. I, oh, sorry. I'd love to be the voiceover person for it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: oh, that's good. Animated.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Who? How about the
1: Undertaker? Who are you feeling?
0: Well, I mean, for the woman, I think I see a Clea Duvall was the first person I saw.
1: I love Clea Duvall. Um,
0: she's so good. Happy season. Check it out on Bluetooth, <laughs> November 42nd. I don't know. Um, <laughs> for the, uh it The Undertaker?
1: Yeah, or The Mortician or, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's all the same. Yeah, um, yeah. I, that's a good, I think Giancarlo Esposito. Like, I'm like, who would have no problem saying, like, I cut someone's head off? Like, who can I picture saying that?
1: It's true. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so, there's, Carlos Spasio is a really great choice for that. I don't know why, Anna, but it's also occurring to me that it could just be, like, an incredibly attractive person. Like, oh, uh, oh. Who, played, who played Wonder Woman? Oh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, yeah, it feels like that could be a thing where she's just like very matter of factly, like
0: I switch heads. Yeah, That is, <laughs> I've had very limited experience with her, but that was sort of the vibe. Like <laughs> she, not that she would cut someone's head off, but that like she was really unembarrassed about stuff. I that's um, that's maybe the quality. <laughs> yeah, you've
1: just identified the exact castability quality that makes someone who just like no mistake would embarrass her, you know?
0: No, not at all. She doesn't understand the purpose of embarrassment. (laughs) She has a young child. I feel like people with young children just don't have time to be embarrassed.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. People who are just people who see vomit and poop all the time in public places. What is there to be embarrassed about after that?
0: Nothing. Yeah. What about the dead guy?
1: Oh, Anna, I didn't even consider that, but that's a great question. Um, Kelsey Grammer.
0: Correct. End of casting. (laughs) Offer only. It just
1: feels right. I don't know. Have you ever seen that video of him falling off a stage?
0: Hundreds of times.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hate (laughs) The listener, look it up. It's if you need a little break, look up Kelsey Grammer falling off stage.
0: It's hard for me as someone who has very strong secondhand embarrassment reflex, as we've just talked about, Hmm. but. For someone as as hard to feel good about as Kelsey Grammer, (laughs) it it was okay.
1: (laughs) I think for me, what I appreciate about it is because Kelsey Grammer is a living, like, three stooges straight man. Like, the person would be like, now what is happening here? It's just very (laughs) fun to see him get proverbially pied in the face.
0: Good point, Andrew. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my god. Anna, I'm so glad you
1: shared this story. This is another iconic one that we had not yet dipped our toes into, and um, <gasps> I'm glad
0: we did. Well, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> um, Andrew, not to put you on the spot, but did anything scary happen to you this week?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Um I had a nightmare within a nightmare within a nightmare. What? Which I've never had before. Andrew. I, I woke up two I woke up three times. Oh. <gasps> Once in my nightmare, once in my nightmare's nightmare, and then once in real life. And it really was like, hmm, I I think maybe I need a new pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the issue. Um, no. Because it was Andrew. at a weird angle, it was at a weird angle. Yeah, it I, moves the neck and it makes the brain bad. It makes the brain bad. It's like, um, yeah, it's like it's like a lava lamp on its side. It's not going to resu- It's not going to be look pretty anymore. Um, oh my God, I can't remember everything about it. I think Chris and I have been have been watching like we've been slogging through the AFI top one hundred movies. Um, And so we watched Sunset Boulevard last night.
0: Oh, that is a nightmare movie.
1: Yeah, and I had, I had, it it involved like um, an old crumbling LA house and and me being underneath water in a pool, which I feel like is very much that. I also will just note that several of the AFI movies we've watched so far have been about the horror of a woman slightly older than you falling in love with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah you're ugh, it's, it's a bummer true. it you do got to admit it creepy <laughs>
1: <laughs> meanwhile like the 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 zombie of john wayne falling in love with a 19 year old girl we're like this i will accept
0: this is hardcore porn
1: <laughs> how about you anna what's something spooky that happened to you
0: something spooky that happened to me is just trying to go to the bathroom at night in my own home while still being afraid of you guessed it the Haunting of Hill House.
1: Yeah. Bly Manor.
0: No, I, we haven't even seen Bly Manor. Here's the thing, Andrew. I thought that I was slowly making myself able to watch scary movies by watching more of them. And mm. it turns out that it just makes me more afraid to go to the bathroom <laughs> at night. I am a grown woman. I have a 401k. I I wear, I have multiple shoes. Um, What other capitalists? proofs of worth do i have uh, you know like you i'm a moderated grown- several talkbacks i have moderated several talkbacks i just moderated a q a uh at a college over zoom and then my dog sat down next to me and started vomiting on the carpet and then started eating the vomit and i screamed <laughs> And look, despite that, I'm a grown woman. I'm still afraid of the little pictures that I see in the square in my house. I am scared of the bent neck lady. I think that she's real and she's going to get me. I followed the woman who plays her on Instagram just to prove to myself that, you know what? Actors are less interesting than most people. That hasn't helped. That usually helps me if if I'm scared of a scary movie. I picture how annoying these people must be in real life. <laughs> or I picture them on set having like weird sort of frosty interactions with each other where it's like, okay, well, if you guys need to set the lights, is that what stand-ins are for? Because why am I here? I have to picture them being a little bit mean. That has not been helping me. And it has to do with the lighting on the bent part of her neck. It's too plausible.
1: Yes, I agree. That was very scary. The, the tall floating man, that one scared the hell out of me. That sucks
0: bad. That sucks that's too so much. bad.
1: And and I think the fact that he's terrorizing truly the cutest kid with those big, thick glasses.
0: That kid is too cute. He got big eyes and they put big Coke bottle glasses on him and it's too cute. Yeah. That's... I also do think that it should be illegal to make children pretend that they're being poisoned to death. No spoilers. But um, maybe yeah. uh, we shouldn't be doing that. I don't know. That's kind of crazy. <laughs>
1: <Huh>? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. No children on film, period. We don't need to see them. We don't, they, they don't
0: need to be on film.
1: The same as ladies who
0: used to dive horses into pools yeah. and platforms. Just because
1: don't. we can, just because people will clap doesn't mean we should. Don't do this. Don't do it. Anna. this has been very fun. It's, it's going to be back. it's so
0: good. I know. I agree with you. Uh,
1: and we hope you all are having a really lovely beginning of your wintry holiday season. Um, And just one thing that you could do in addition to going caroling and baking gingerbread,
0: get out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.